You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. This movie review also comes for subscribers at Time Lord level or above an uncut, unedited, longer video version of the review. Become a subscriber and check it out. You know, for me, it's a big occasion when something happens that most other people I know don't care about. And that's when Kate Beckinsale decides to be in another action movie. Oh my god, I love when she beats people up. It's like one of my favorite things in the world. Yes, I've seen the Underworld films like three times. (laughs) I know, I know. They're not good. They're not good movies. But it's vampires and werewolves in, like, tight vinyl suits beating each other up and flying around and super gory and a lot of British people and Kate Beckinsale in a vinyl suit. I mean, come on. This is made for me, right? All right. So the new movie Jolt does not feature vampires or werewolves. It does not feature Kate Beckinsale in a vinyl suit. But it does feature Kate Beckinsale with dyed blonde hair, which I liked more than I ever thought I would. In this new film from director Tanya Wexler, who, if you recognize that name, it's not surprising. She She's done a couple of films that never really blew up, but had a cult following, like 2011's Hysteria with Hugh Dancy and Maggie Gyllenhaal, and 2019's Buffaloed with Zoe Deutsch, who seems to be having a moment right now. Also, she's got this cool background where like her uncle is Haskell Wexler, one of the most famous cinematographers of all time, and her half-sisters are Daryl and Paige Hanna. Anyway, this new movie, which is being released exclusively on Amazon Prime Video, features Kate Beckinsale as Lindy, who is a lady who's got a problem, which is mainly that she has absolutely zero self-control when it comes to her aggression issues, and she has become extremely good at beating the living shit out of people when she needs to. Basically, years of trying to study aggression therapies, every kind of thing she can to deal with this fact that she can't control her own impulses, which includes getting better at violence. (laughs) I guess an expression of violence that's safe. But what you end up with is kick-ass Kate Beckinsale. So she has a psychologist played by Stanley Tucci who develops a device that she can hook herself up with all these little cups over her body and then she's got a little keychain thing to zap herself with electricity which reverses the adrenaline so she calms down at least assuming she's not really pissed off. So that's the basic premise as this film starts. But we're here to talk about it and what happens next with my reviewers. I've got Melinda. That's Melindy. Oh, Melindy. Melindy, my dear. <laughs> Lucky Melindy. I got Ryan. What's going on? And Adrian has got himself. Hello, hello. 
What ends up happening is she can't get in a relationship because can you imagine? I mean, even the best relationships in my life, there's still times that you get really annoyed with the person you're with, right? It doesn't matter how much you love someone. Sooner or later, they're going to like make this some weird sound with their teeth every time when they like are watching a movie or, or they like scrape their fork on the plate one too many times. You're like, oh my God, you have to do that. Relationships aren't a strong thing for her. She, in fact, avoids them, but she is pursued and is interested by a guy named Justin, a harmless accountant played by Jai Courtney, who is in many ways a giant block of wood. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, you're an accountant. Okay. They have a meet cute and she's like, oh, my God, telling her therapist, I'm so excited. We're together. Like, this is great. I've never felt this way before. And he's like, calm down. Something happens. He dies. Jai Courtney, not the psychologist. And she's like, oh, this will not do. (laughs) And she, you know, is contacted by two police officers. Vickers, played by Bobby Cannavale, and Nevin, played by Laverne Cox. And basically he says, I don't really see these guys give that much of a shit, so I'm going to kind of figure out what's going on myself using my specific set of skills. And from here we go to what the premise, which I called kind of a reverse of Crank 2, where Chev Chelios had to use electricity to start his heart beating again, but which also gave him a huge adrenaline burst it's kind of exactly the reverse she's always got a huge adrenaline burst and she uses it to calm down but it's a big crazy action movie it's like i said it's somewhere between crank and atomic blonde she goes through person after person trying to find the trail to lead her to the answer of who had my man killed i think this is one of the best movies of the year if this was 2004 and I was 11 oh, years old. There it is. You pulled a switcheroo. <laughs> Fresh off of watching Underworld. I was so excited for this because I love Kate Beckinsale. And we've had this kind of renaissance of let's bring back these female action heroes. Like Megan Fox was in Rogue. Maggie Q is about to be in that protege film, which looks badass. I'm all for giving Kate Beckinsale her own John Wick style film. The only thing is we've been so spoiled by really great action films, such as the John Wick films, such as the Ray and Ray 2 and everything coming from Indonesia. And even something like Atomic Blonde, which happens to be directed by one of the John Wick directors. I feel like the action that's in this movie no longer has a place in film nowadays because I found this action film to be so boring throughout. Like I felt like there was hardly any kind of consequences for what's going on. I think we were just seeing Kate Beckinsale's stunt double, which I mean, I don't blame her. They so shy away from showing her face through all action scenes, which is like nothing at all like they were doing in Underworld. Maybe this just wasn't for me, but I really didn't like this almost at all. I am, I think, the complete opposite of you for the most part. I actually... In almost every way. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say, I think you are completely full of shit, Adrian. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I actually loved this movie. I thought it was super fun, knew exactly what it was. It was having so much fun with itself. All the actors, I thought, just totally brought it. One thing that I really wasn't expecting, you mentioned how this kind of reminded you of, you know, Crank, and you mentioned John Wick. I wrote down in my notes, this is like John Wick meets Game Night, 
because this movie's hmm. really funny. And it has that kind of manic high energy and the great cutting that reminded me so much of Game Night. I thought this movie was great for about <laughs> 90% of it. I think I'm kind of falling maybe a little bit closer to Adrian here. I honestly love the Crank movies, and I feel like this is kind of almost like a cross between Crank and John Wick. For me, it doesn't really pick a lane. Like, I think it either needed to go more in that Crank, like silly goofy direction or more in the like maybe a little bit serious direction clearly it's trying to be a dark comedy but i guess just a lot of the jokes just didn't really hit for me like the stuff with bobby cannavale and the cops like i just wasn't quite feeling it i did have fun with it at times and i do think there's some fun action scenes but overall it just really didn't do it for me so full disclosure i was about 15 minutes into jolt and I was feeling a little tired, and it wasn't the movie per se, but you know what that's like. You're like, ugh, it almost doesn't matter what this movie is like. I'm going to have a hard time getting into it because I like just want to take a nap. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do a few shots. <laughs> so, <laughs> I took a few shots. I was like, I did the Chev Jelly. I was like, <laughs> okay, now let's watch this movie. <laughs> and it was funny how from that point on, I enjoyed the shit out of this movie. <laughs> Maybe it is that type of movie. You watch with a couple friends and you have a few drinks and you laugh. I actually, I'm closer to Melindy, <laughs> but not as far as she is. I wasn't in love with this, but I really enjoyed it. I agree with you, Ryan, that it definitely, there's no question that they were taking like, oh, this is like someone in their new crank, crank two. They had that in their head when they were designing this, but they never want to go to that point of absurdity, although this is absurdist humor to some degree, action humor. It never wants to go to the surrealism of the Crank films, which go completely abstractly absurd, like a, I don't even know, like what, almost Python-ish at points. It's not that. So it kind of is this weird thing where it's trying to do the, you know, the badass atomic blonde kicking thing, but all the drama is played with sort of a wink. Like, okay, we know that you're not going to be emotionally moved by this. And you probably already have a good guess as to what's actually going on here. So what are we here for? We're here to watch the funny interactions between the characters. We're here to watch Kate Beckinsale kick ass and be sexy. And for me, all that worked. I think that that worked too. And this is not great cinema by any stretch of the imagination. It's not trying to be at any point. It just wants to be fun. And for so much of it, I was totally with it. I actually really loved the funny dialogue. It was just so frenetic and pithy and back and forth, which I don't normally expect from things like this. I like that they didn't go dark. You know, it was kind of its own brand of revenge film. And I thought she was so surprisingly funny in it. Everybody in it has great comedy beats. Yeah, I was having the time of my life with this for good portion of it. It was when it hit that third act, I was just like, oh, you're not going to do that. Oh, you were totally going to do that shit. And to give some respect to the movie and to get back and sale, all the kind of comedy moments in this is what I was liking more than the actual action scenes. Like, I like her being snarky and being a, a smart ass while being a badass. There's a scene where she hires this, like, 10-year-old hacker, which I thought was, like, <laughs> just so silly that it was fun and kind of adorable. I like all that stuff. But I feel like I shouldn't be looking forward to those scenes in what calls itself an action film. It does designate itself as an action comedy. 
I guess. Well, I guess the comedy part for me was a little stronger than the action part. And it kept doing that thing where, like, it's making me think of other action movies that I'd rather be watching. I mean, there's even a scene that made me think, I think I'm going to watch Hard Boiled tonight, and that's going to be fun. <laughs> I'm not going to say exactly why. You'll you'll know. And, and even that scene is, like, kind of funny, but it also just has these trappings of, like, 2004 straight-to-DVD films. I understand why this is going straight to Amazon. If it was 2004, it would be going straight-to-DVD. It almost feels like I can't believe they've gotten all these people, aside from Jai Courtney, to be in this. Because it's not just Kate Beckinsale, it's Stanley Tucci, it's Bobby Cannavale, it's Laverne Cox, who's really making a name of herself recently, and she's great in this too. But there's just something in here where it's like, something just doesn't feel right. He's about to uncover the secret of the reality we've carefully constructed for him, everyone. Call out the doctors, give him the injections, we're going to have to start this again. (laughs) That door's about to get broken down. I wish every day for that to happen, quite frankly. (laughs) You were saying, Adrian, it makes you want to go watch Hard Boiled. I recently watched The Crow for the first time and just like fell so madly in love with it. And I actually was kind of getting little hints of that here. And what was making me enjoy it was that, you know, every time Eric Draven talks in The Crow, it's just this pithy one-liner. And I was like, oh, I like that they're doing that here, too. And to your point about it feeling like a straight-to-DVD, I don't agree with that because I thought that the writing in this was really good. I loved the dialogue. I thought the dialogue was smart and I loved the editing in this I thought was amazing. We take for granted the fact that so much of comedy that works in movies has to do with great editing. And I thought that most of the time that they did that, it worked really well. All comedy is timing. Absolutely. Oh, sorry. I had something else there. I forgot. It's going to be funny, though. (laughs) Let's get a final thoughts. Ryan, get us started. I thought this was pretty fun for the most part. I actually kind of do agree with Adrian that it felt a little like straight to DVD. Like it seems like a movie that I would see like Kate Beckinsale looking like a badass on the cover, like Blockbuster or something back in the day. I'd be like, oh, yeah, let's let's check this out. And it's like 90 minutes. And it was it's fun for the most part. I do definitely have some problems with it. It's just a personal preference thing. I kind of would have preferred if it would have went a little bit further in that like absurdist direction. Like there's a scene... Um, that comes to mind that I really love in like a nursery with babies and it just got so ridiculous and silly. I was kind of hoping in that moment like oh is it going to keep like going in this direction and I feel like it really didn't but I genuinely do feel like if you enjoy like Kate Beckinsale those kind of action movies it's 90 minutes like maybe check it out. I'm going to give it two out of five babies being thrown haphazardly in a nursery. Stole my rating. Thief. (laughs) Adrian? I think there are three types of bad films and there's bad movies that are good. There's bad movies that are boring and then there's bad movies that had a lot of potential and unfortunately i don't think this is a good movie i think this had a lot of potential to be way better than what it was i think kate beckinsale deserves to keep being in movies you know she's hilarious in this and i would love to see her in another action film from another director and another writer this one just really didn't do it for me as an action film i thought this was pretty boring and i thought all the action scenes now Maybe I just kind of have a bloodlust after watching the raid, but it's like, I kind of need a little more punch. There are various scenes in this where it's like, you think it's going to be a rated R scene, and then they kind of just cut away, and I don't know. It kind of reminds me of, like, action from, like, The Expendables, where it's like, yeah, there's guns and there's shooting and stuff like that, but it's nothing's really going to happen. Like, you kind of know where this is going, and I just didn't really care for it. I'm going to give this two reasons to watch Hard Boiled again, which is exactly what I'm going to do. Melindy. 
Damn, did Kate Beckinsale arrange a date with you guys and then not show up? Jeez. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Several times, but I forgive her. (laughs) How can you not? This is not great cinema. It's really not trying to be anything than what it is. And I thought that, for the most part, that's just a really fun, really well-paced ride. And I was having a great time watching this on my tiny phone. It was just that last 10 minutes, maybe not quite 10 minutes, I didn't actually look at the clock, but I thought that this was working so well within its own parameters. And then, oh my god, it was like someone should have just walked in with a damn trombone and a mute, because it's such a big womp womp (laughs) moment, complete with a mortal sin of movies for me, and that is the slow clap. Like, (laughs) God, you guys really just did that. And I was like, if you guys thought this was a bad movie before, I was like, here's the point where I would agree with you, it becomes a very bad movie. And it becomes a movie that wants to build a franchise in the last 10 minutes. Damn it, I was so wanting to go with this. But in the end, that just knocked it down several points for me. And I don't really know if I want to watch it again because of that. It kind of ruins everything that came before. I'm going to give this 7 out of 10 very strong high heels that apparently you can scale a building with. Gotta get a pair of those. I'm glad you brought up the ending here because I think that that is one of the problems that's becoming more and more common now because everybody wants a franchise. I don't have a problem with films being a franchise. I kind of like when a film is really good, but it's a big, dumb, fun film. I'm like, yes, I would like more big, dumb, fun films, please, in this series with these characters. You know, I mean, I gave the hitman's wife's bodyguard a good review. (laughs) I'm that guy. Unless you're built off a previously existing, very strong IP, don't preload your franchise at the end of your first movie. If people loved it, then it's not going to be any problem setting up a sequel. You don't have to go, and -and so-and-so will return. It's kind of annoying, and it feels like you're just watching the trailer for the next film. I'm like, can we just finish this one first, please? On the whole, Melinda and I are on the same page with almost everything here. I I think she liked it a little bit more than I did, but just a little bit. I like it. It's light, absurdist action comedy, and I think the comedy was significantly more important to the makers of this film than the action was. The action's fine. I I had no problem with any of the action, but I don't think they were trying to make a brutal bone crusher like Adrian was looking for. (laughs) That was never really the goal here. And maybe I could totally see them choosing to pursue that more with a second. I think budgetary restraints were probably a big concern as well here. Also, the person who seems to be one thing and then turns out to be something completely different, don't hire an actor that looks like they're clearly not the first thing. Where you're like, look, come on, what am I, an idiot? Obviously, that's not the case here. Unless that was your goal in the first place. I don't know. I wasn't hurt in my watching this film by being able to predict what was going to happen. Because it's just not the kind of film that you're getting really emotionally invested in. It's just a film you watch to have some light fun. To watch Kate Beckinsale be badass and make acerbic one-line comments and some physical humor jokes. I had a pretty good time overall, and I really hope they do actually make a sequel. But if they do, I hope they do it with consideration, perhaps, of agreeing with Adrian, maybe putting a little more focus onto the action, or agreeing with Ryan, maybe putting a little more focus on the absurd and the surreal level of it. I don't know. It needs something to rise above this sort of weird place in the in-between that it sits, that it feels like it's not sure exactly what it wants to be. But I did like it. I'm going to give this 7 out of 10 Susan Sarandon voiceovers that can't possibly play out later in the film to mean anything because oh, <laughs> you knew that's one of the most recognizable voices in cinema i think sarandon and i was like oh that's susan sarandon's voice that's cool they got her for the narrator hmm. Hmm. what's going think, on here i think she's putting together the avengers initiative <laughs>